Hello and welcome into this week's edition of the Rookie Stripes podcast here on Racing News Now. I'm Garth Allen, and that is Mr. Tyler Guthrie himself. What's going on? It's been a couple weeks. It has been a couple weeks, and now we don't have anything to look forward to until next year, February, right, for Daytona? Yeah, something like that. I mean, 24 hours of Lamaze before that, so I mean, there's something racing related, and we've still got... Is it? Yeah, I think that's a, like the end of January, beginning, not Lamar, uh, Daytona, 24 hours oh, Daytona. Oh, okay. Whew. <laughs> you lost me there. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it's been a long day. We're going to um, segue into June here for a little bit. Right. Um, <laughs> we've still got one F1 race left, though, although it'll probably be the same as all the others this year have been. It'll probably be a Max Verstappen win. Um, but no. otherwise, how's life? What's going on in the world of Tyler? It's going. Uh, we're at a different job, still the same apartment. Um, yeah, not a whole lot to talk about. No? Uh, now, IndyCar's over, NASCAR's over, F1's almost over. It's football season, though, which I know you're not super into, but that keeps as me entertained. I said, as I said earlier, football, schmutball. Yeah. You just you have interesting opinions about everything in life. I do. I've never been able to get into football. Like, hate on me all you want. I get it. I know there's a lot of people that like football, but I have never found any interest in football whatsoever. I've tried to watch football, and I just cannot get into it. I get it, though. Like, if I started watching it now and, like, for the first time and tried to get into it, I'd definitely have a hard time getting into it, but... It was on every Sunday my entire childhood, so I just kind of grew it up was with for it. Me too, and I still never got into it. And we were all big Colts fans, so so was yeah. my family, and yeah, okay. I just I never got into it. I I kind of got into basketball. Like I can watch basketball. I haven't oh, watched I near hate basketball. Really, I, I haven't watched stand basketball. I haven't watched near as much basketball in recent years as I probably would like to. Every year I sit down and I go, I'm going to watch more basketball this year. And then I just never watch it. That's um, me with hockey and baseball. Baseball, nice. I'm like, I'm going to sit down. And I'm actually going to pay attention to baseball this year. And then the first weekend goes by and then it's about Thursday. And I realize every team's already played four games. Like, okay, I guess I'm not yeah. doing that this year. Right. Yeah, I... Every year, I'm like, I want to get back into basketball, and I want to keep watching it, and then I just never do. Like, I'll watch a game here or there, and that's it. I may try to watch some of the playoffs. I may try to watch some of March Madness, but the problem with college stuff is, like, if I'm going to watch it, I want to be, like, entrenched in it, and there's a lot to get entrenched in with college stuff in, like, knowing who's good and who's not. Yeah, because everybody changes every year. Right, and I don't want to... Like, my whole thing is I'm not a fan of drivers or teams. I just want to be a fan of the sport. And it's very hard to be a fan of any college sport because you really, there's there's so much more to learn and keep track of than there is with racing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, we see it with college football. Like, you know, all the juniors and seniors go to the NFL every year and you're left with the guys that didn't even play the year before who are suddenly very good. You're like, why wasn't this guy playing last year? But right. Yeah. And it changes so much and you see the rankings change, not so much in the top 10, but 
outside of that, all the teams are vastly different every year. But, I mean, it's kind of fun to see who's good and who's not and see different people make an impression every week. But at the same time, when I tune in an NFL game, like when Peyton Manning was playing, you tune in Peyton Manning playing, you're like, that's Peyton Manning. He's mm-hmm. doing well because that's who he is. And there's an identity with that. Whereas college is more identity with the school than the player. Yeah. Which is fine, but if you don't care about the school, it's really hard to get into. Yeah, no, I, I, I fully agree. And I feel like even at the professional level sometimes, unless you get like that superstar level of like LeBron or Steph Curry or something like that, the the teams have more name recognition than a lot of the players do. Yeah, there's still a lot of people that, you know, there's this player that's been playing for this team for mm-hmm. his entire career, stuff like that. I mean, Jeff Gordon's always going to be synonymous with Hendrick Motorsports, different mm-hmm. things like that, which I guess in racing is different, I think, than most other professional sports because usually a driver picks a team and kind of sticks with them for longer than people do you know, in other say, professional sports. You say usually, but I feel like that doesn't happen as often as we think it does. Like, you look at Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson. Well, Jimmy spent most of his career with Hendrick, and now he's somewhere else now that he's come back. But um, now he's not racing anymore, really. Yeah. Um, but I feel like a lot of the the big names didn't spend their whole career at the same team. Like even even Richard Petty. You think of him being in that forty three car at Petty Enterprises for his entire career. But what I have learned as I've been watching back through NASCAR classics in the mid eighties, he was not at Petty enterprises. Where'd he He go? He was still in the 43 STP car, but he was driving for Mike curb. Interesting. I guess we put a whole lot of like name wreck or Mm -hmm. identity with the number and the scheme more than the team. Really? Right. Well, and that's the thing with Richard Petty is he took that 43 STP car with him, no matter what team he was at. That 43 STP car wasn't necessarily a Petty Enterprises car. That was Richard Petty's car. And then the other thing I've realized is sometimes numbers are tied more to the sponsor than they are to the team. Where, so, have you, you you know the, the 88 Die Guard car, that, that Gatorade car that, that Daryl Waltrip drove for a little bit and Bobby Allison drove it for a little bit? Yeah. You, you know what car I'm talking about? Yeah. So, um, Bobby Allison drove that car for a year after Daryl Waltrip left. Then Gatorade left and went to another team. I don't remember what team it was, but they took the paint scheme and the number with them. So Bobby Allison, Bobby Allison stayed at Diegard, but when Gatorade left, it became the 22 car. And the 88 car went to whatever team it was, Rusty Wallace ended up driving that car for a couple of years. Interesting. Yeah. Then you have other teams like, you know, Richard Childress and Hendrick that have the same numbers since the beginning of time, basically. Yeah. Which is also funny because you know how we associate that certain three font with the RCR team. Mm -hmm. The early years of Dale Earnhardt in that car, that was not the same three font. 
In fact, <laughs> Richard Childress ran a different three font from the early Earnhardt font when Childress was driving. Interesting. That three font literally was Earnhardt. Like he picked that up uh, two, maybe three years after he started driving the three car for the second time. Because he, he drove the three car for one season, then went to the 15 with Bud Moore for a year or two, then came back to the three. Um, and then he was he had the weird font for a year or two after he came back to the three, then went to the three font that we know for the three. So that hmm. three font was the Dale Earnhardt font. Interesting. That's, that's not an that. RCR font. It has become an RCR font because Austin Dillon uses the same font. But no, that was the Earnhardt number three. And the fact that Austin Dillon has mentioned in that conversation pains me more than I'd like to admit. Right? Same. Uh, you know, the things I have learned watching NASCAR Classics, it's been super fun. Like, I've gotten up to I'm about a quarter of the way through 1985 at this point. And interesting. Yeah. So some of the things that I have watched in these races that I had no clue. For example, 1984 Nashville Fairgrounds. Have you ever heard of this race? I have not. The Coors 420. I hadn't heard of this particular Nashville the 420? race. 420? Yeah, they ran yeah, they ran 420 laps for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I think we know why. Yeah. <laughs> um so uh, Neil Bonnet dominated this race, which he was teammates with Daryl Waltrip at this point. Neil Bonnet was in a second Junior Johnson card. J- Daryl Waltrip had dominated Nashville for years at this point. I think he'd won like eight straight up to this point at Nashville or something. Get him, DW. Yeah, but he was a little off in this race. Meanwhile, his teammate, Neil Bonnet, is dominating the race. Neil cuts a tire and spins late in the race and causes a caution. So he comes down, changes tires. DW takes the lead under this caution. And I think they took the green with like 10 laps to go or something. DW starts driving away. They come down to, it's two laps to go. They come off of turn two, bunch of cars wadded up off turn two. Caution comes out. This is back in the time period where they raced back to the caution. Oh, yeah. (laughs) yeah. So DW comes back around three and four, takes the white and the caution flag together. Neil Bonnet is second at this point. They come around for the final lap. Under caution, Neil Bonnet passes Daryl Waltrip off of turn four, beats him to the line. Originally, NASCAR says DW wins because he took the white and the yellow together. Right. Then all of a sudden, no, 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 Neil Bonnet wins. He took the checkered flag. Oh, my God. Then... They start taking Neil back to victory lane and they're just like, no, wait, no, Daryl Waltrip wins. So they start flipping them again. And then finally, they're just like, no, 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 Neil Bonnet wins. They, they switched it back like three times in the span of, I don't know, five minutes. Oh my God. So meanwhile, you've got, I think it was Ken Squire and Benny Parsons in the booth. They come back from a commercial break. Benny has, the NASCAR rule book in his hand and they've, they've, (laughs) (laughs) they've figured out they've got, they've found some obscure rule in the rule book to explain why NASCAR gave Neil Bonnet the victory. Apparently 
back then there was some obscure rule in the rule book that if the caution comes out at the white flag, the caution does not count on the last lap. Yeah. Okay. So they gave Neil Bonnet the win, but then this isn't over yet. So I'm watching another race uh, that, that was a couple months later. I think it was Pocono or something. And they mentioned Daryl Waltrip winning at Nashville that season. And I'm like, but wait a minute. Though. Right. I'm like, now, wait a minute. That's not what they said when they closed the broadcast. So I look on Racing Reference. They did, in fact, at some point afterward, give Daryl Waltrip that win. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad NASCAR never changed. I know, right? 1985, 2023, still the same NASCAR. Exactly. Almost I, 40 years later, and we're still doing the same I don't know how I have never heard of this race. That had got to be one of the wildest controversial finishes in the history of NASCAR. But I've never heard of it. Nobody I, talks about it. I assume NASCAR has been trying to cover that one up for a while. Probably. I might do I might have to do a video on that race. I think that would be cool to like delve into that and just like put that out there a little more. So pe now that like it's on NASCAR Classics, it's not like they're trying to hide the broadcast of the race. So Yeah. Instead now we just got the Iceberg 2.0 coming along to Racing News now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh what are you doing, Doc? Doc's over here like, you need to stop talking and um just let me cuddle now, please. <laughs> aren't you that's the look you're giving me isn't it <laughs> um anyway so we did have an f1 race this weekend well, we had the race is a generous term well yeah we i well okay so it actually wasn't terrible for most of it the first yeah. las vegas grand prix um the first of at least 10 years. I didn't realize this. I didn't realize this was a 10-year contract until they mentioned it on the broadcast. Oh, shit, it is. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> so, this, this weekend was marred by so much controversy. Like, FP1, somebody hit a manhole cover. Signs. And they, was a signs. And they yeah. had to um, basically cancel the rest of FP1 to fix that. So was then P1 or P2, I forget. No, it was P1 because they delayed FP2 oh, until right. like 2 a.m. and then kicked all the fans out like right after FP2 started. So they couldn't even stay and watch FP2. And then gave so them like a $200 voucher, I think. I don't even know if they did that because. Yeah, like, they did that. I heard somewhere. I haven't verified this. So this may not be true, but I did read somewhere that there's a F1 has a lawsuit now because they kicked all the fans out from FP2. Yeah, they gave them a voucher but they're still suing F1. Okay. Um so yeah, there was that which uh, the the FP1 manhole cover actually has even more controversy than you covered because Sainz hit it and it destroyed his car and he had to put in a whole bunch of replacement engine parts. And the FIA still gave him a penalty for replacement engine parts, even Is though that it was... where the grid penalty came from? Yeah, he got a 10-place grid penalty for changing engine parts because he hit a portion of the track that came up from the surface. Dude, they are screwing him over this season. What race was that where 
they were under red flag or something. Whatever race that was that they basically did a NASCAR overtime finish, but then they gave him like a five second penalty while they're sitting on oh, a red yeah. flag. That's right. I don't remember I don't remember what race that was, but they gave it to him before the race was over, sitting under red flag, when they were only gonna have like one green flag lap. Mm-hmm. And he knew that everybody behind him was going to be within like five seconds, so he was going to lose a ton of spots. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I don't remember what race that was, but yeah, I, I yeah. know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Ferrari's just been getting insanely unlucky this year, and then Leclerc gets pole, and then just chokes it away, turn one. Which I I know we had a discussion about penalties and NASCAR. We're about to have it with F1 because yep. Verstappen deserved way more oh, than absolutely. a five second penalty for that. You there was, he didn't even try to make the corner. He went no. four wheels outside the track and just took Leclerc with him. The and and is- here's, here, here's the best part. Based on other actions through the weekend, if Leclerc had turned in on him, it would have been a penalty on Leclerc. Russell turned in on Perez, I think. Something like that during the race, but mm-hmm. they gave Russell oh, a penalty. Russell and Verstappen. Russell and Verstappen, and they gave Russell a penalty. So if Leclerc had tried to turn and make the corner while Verstappen just ran right through him, they would have penalized Leclerc based on the Russell mm-hmm. and Verstappen thing. The best part about it is Verstappen knew that he deserved more of a penalty. Because after they gave him that five-second penalty and they came on the radio and told him that, he's like, okay, give him my regards. Yeah. I, well, and that just speaks to the tone of Verstappen the entire like month, really. Mm-hmm. You've got your star driver that's almost 300 points in the clear in the championship. He's got more points than, what, the next... Like, if you don't count second and third, the next, like, seven or eight below that, he's got more points than all of them combined. Mm-hmm. He, he's won the championship, like, six races earlier, some crazy mm-hmm. like that. And all he did the entire past week or two was just talk down on the event, and then in the race says, to send them my regards, like, mm-hmm. you've got your star driver just openly talking about your sport and you're going to yep. give him a five second penalty for shoving the other driver off the track. Right. Because okay. let's be on, let's be honest. The FIA knows that's not a penalty. Like, yeah, because all, all he did, he had to serve it on his pit stop. And then all that did was put him back basically to third. It put him behind Leclerc and Russell back to third, yeah. uh, which to be fair, by the time that pit stop was made, he was slower than Leclerc. Leclerc passed him just before he made the first pit stop and was faster on the old medium tires than Verstappen was. Now that I'll, changed I'll argue later that, in the race on the hards. I'll argue that Verstappen let Leclerc by right before he pitted just to not hold himself up. But yeah. Why would he do that though? He had like a two or three second lead on Leclerc. Well, Leclerc, Leclerc caught up to him, but then when they were getting ready to hit the braking zone for the corner, Verstappen just backed out. Well, that could be true, but at the same time, Leclerc was going to get him. Leclerc was so much faster at that point. Leclerc would have gotten him regardless 
of if Verstappen let him by in that moment or not. The next time you say Leclerc, your job title is going to be Clerk. That's his actual name, though. It's Leclerc. That's how, it's that's French. That's how he pronounces it. No. Really? Listen, listen to him pronounce his name. He pronounces his name Charles Leclerc. Okay. That's stupid. It's they Leclerc. pronounce it wrong on the bro- on the Sky Sports broadcast. They pronounce everything wrong on that mm-hmm. broadcast, which half. I, <laughs> <laughs> that one makes me angry. Yeah, it it's Sky. I'm not expecting a whole lot. All you got to do to be a broadcaster for Sky Sports is scream for the entire first lap, and then you're good to go. Pretty much. Or be Karun Chandok and be the slowest driver in F1 for, like, four years and then get fired from a team that doesn't exist anymore, and then you're just an expert, I guess. You know what's funny? Speaking of English people, um, so uh, also (laughs) watching through um, NASCAR (laughs) Classics, um, David Hobbs used to do some NASCAR races back in the day. Okay, I actually Um, like David Hobbs. I do, too. And it's funny because... There are different points where he'll be on a NASCAR broadcast and he'll be making fun of the American accent. He'll just say random things in a terrible American accent. <laughs> it's hilarious. He has a really bad English accent, so... Well, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yes, Sky, Sky does not pronounce Charles Leclerc's name correctly. It's Martin Brundle. All he's got to do is scream for the first three minutes of the race, and then don't have to worry about it and anymore. And then go to sleep. Which is still somehow better than the NASCAR trucks broadcast, but that's a different can of well, worms. Well, it's, it's really not hard to be better than the NASCAR truck broadcast. You know what's funny? Yeah. You know how we have Phil Parsons on truck broadcasts? Mm-hmm. So in the mid eighties, he was just starting to like come into the NASCAR scene and make some cup races. He was already broadcasting some races that he wasn't in, in 1985. And he'd only been in the cup series for like two years. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So I think he could tell very early on his driving career wasn't going anywhere. So he was just going to be a broadcaster. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Which the funny thing was BP was already doing some, broadcasting at that point too but he'd been around cup for a long time at that point and he was starting to um like partially step away at that point so it made a little more sense for benny parsons to be in the booth than it did for phil parsons that happens yeah all right they what else have, we got uh, on the f1 race um well uh, checo almost won and then the team screwed him over again um so late in the race, after Verstappen had had his penalty and had come down pit road, served that, and then gets into George Russell later. Russell gets the penalty that you alluded to, and Russell ended up like back part of the top 10 by the end of the race. Checo, through pit strategy, had gotten up ahead of Max and I believe he was P2 to Leclerc and ends up passing Leclerc after taking fresh tires on a safety car. Holds the lead, but couldn't get more than like a second out in front. Leclerc ends up getting back to him, repassing him, and then Max gets by him. Leclerc almost drives into the wall late, so Perez gets back by him, but then Leclerc passes him back on the last lap. Checo ends up third. Checo 
was in position that he really should have won this race. I mean, we're, we were down like, uh, like 10 laps to go and he was leading this race. He should have been able to drive away from Leclerc after he passed him and won this race. Apparently, the crew put too much rear wing in his car and he had no straight line speed. Well, if the Ferrari was better in a straight line than the Red Bull all season. It's just for Stappen, they took all the wing out. Right. So why didn't they do that for Checo? That was probably a driver setup thing more than a team setup. No, it sounded to me like he didn't like that they had done that. Yeah, they've been screwing him over all year, so what's one more? Right. And that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know how much more of a, a damning indication you need that the crew is the reason that Checo has not had a great last few months, and it's not that Checo has forgotten how to drive. It's that Red Bull is actively screwing him over and they don't want him winning races and running well. They want an excuse to get rid of him because he was showing that he's a serious threat to Max. That doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, all you got to do is look at the Red Bull culture and just see Mm -hmm. that this is clearly something that would happen. Yeah. But, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised with this by any of the teams in F1, much less Red Bull. It's just disappointing to see because we could have had somewhat of a championship battle this year between the two Red Bull teammates, and instead it's 200 and something points between the two of them. And it, it, I don't know. It's ridiculous. I'm fed up with F1 this year. (laughs) Red Bull Bull doesn't care if we get a good championship battle. All they care about is if their golden boy wins and has it as easy as he possibly can have it. That's all they care about. They don't give a whether we enjoy it or not. That's my point, though. I I think Verstappen's better than Perez by a long shot, and I don't think Perez is going to hold up for the whole season anyway. But if you have a driver that you know is better than your number one, or not as good as your number one driver in Perez, why are you actively trying to get rid of him and get somebody else in there? I don't know. See, of course, I it's Red Bull, so... I disagree with you, though. I think Checo is... Very close talent wise to Max. And he proved that early this season. Mm-hmm. He was outrunning Max a lot early this season until the team decided that he couldn't do that. Um, I think if he was given a fair opportunity the entire season, he could give Max a run for the championship and might possibly actually beat him for the championship. Yeah, I mean I guess we'll never know. I I see it a little differently. I don't I don't think Perez is as good as Verstappen. I don't think the team can screw his car up so bad that he misses, like, Q2 so often. Um, See, okay, so here's the thing. Here is why I believe Checo, at the very least, is close to as good as Verstappen. He may not have as much raw speed as Verstappen does, but I think he has a higher racing IQ than Max does because... It's not hard to have a higher racing IQ than Verstappen. (laughs) Right, right. No, but that's my point, is Checo races back in the pack more than Max does, and raced back in the pack more before he came to Red Bull, because he wasn't in a race-winning car before he came to Red Bull. Yeah. So, Checo knows how to race other cars. Max doesn't, which is evidenced by his incident with Russell in this race. 
and Leclerc Max? and every yeah. other driver that he's been wheel to wheel with in the past like four years. Right. He literally, both with the Leclerc and with the Russell incident in this race, literally just lunged it into the corner and said, nope, this is my corner, even though I'm not anywhere close enough to call this my corner. I'm just going to lunge it in here and you're going to make way for me because I'm Max Verstappen. Verstappen like continuously shows that he has the worst racecraft of anyone in F1, which is ridiculous seeing some of the other people. I mean, Lance Stroll is in F1 still, and Verstappen still has worse racecraft than mm-hmm. Stroll. And it, it's really disheartening because I, I would understand it. Like, in IndyCar this year, it was very clear that Alex Pillow was going to win the championship. That was just, it's going to happen. But he had really good racecraft, was really good every week, could pass cars, and could just take the top five finish at the end of the race and still get the points. Verstappen, yeah. he's either winning or complaining about the sport. And every time he gets wheel to wheel with another driver, he hits him and it's their fault. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really sickening to see at this point. Yeah. Like he's complaining about Russell turning in on him in that corner when he was not even halfway up Russell's car as they turned into the corner. Like, what do you expect him to do? He's not expecting you to be there when you were seven tenths of a second behind him into the braking zone. Yeah. I I, I mean, where is he going to turn so that he can still make the corner at a somewhat racing line? And yeah. I I think that this kind of falls a little bit on the track design for F1 tracks because most of the corners are not two groove turns, which with how fast these cars are, I get it to a point. But if you're designing new tracks, you need to design them in a way that cars can travel side by side through a corner without losing three seconds every corner. If you don't, you have the same scenarios with Verstappen and Leclerc and Verstappen and Russell where they just turn in on each other because that's where the racing line is and they don't care who's there. That's hard to do on a street circuit though. Like I get where you're coming from, but I feel like it's very hard to make a two groove corner on a street circuit. No, I agree. And I think that the street circuits that we're used to seeing with open wheel cars with IndyCar are only because of the car, the IndyCar races, that they're mm-hmm. able to beat and bang on each other like stock cars a little bit to a point. And that's just a completely different scenario that we can't really compare. But yeah. if you know that, well, I'm going to get into this point anyway. I know what's going to happen here. If you know that your drivers and cars are going to be terrible on a street circuit, don't make the street circuit Go to an actual track that's set up for real race cars and race there instead. Instead, F1 only cares about the money in the show, so of course they're going to do a race in downtown Las Vegas, because where else are they going to do that? (laughs) Right. I mean, it's not like we have a purpose-built racetrack just outside of Las Vegas that actually has a road course in the infield. Or Indianapolis, or any other North American road course. (laughs) Yeah. I'm pretty sure Vegas has a roval. I think all the SMI tracks have a roval of some sort. Probably? I'm not 100% sure on that. Don't quote me on that. Let me... Let's see here. I'm not sure. I feel like if they did, it'd be... 
one of those things. Eh, no, they do. It looks like okay. garbage. Yeah, but it's there. It is there. That That's about the nicest thing you can say about it. I think pretty much every track over a mile and a half has a roval at this point. Homestead has one, not that it ever gets used. Which is actually kind of a good track. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of disappointed about that. <laughs> yeah, right? Thank you. I mean, Forza. the Oval is a good track. Like, Homestead is just a good track all around. Yeah. And it's just very underutilized at this point. Didn't used to be. Nope. Didn't all my homies remember how Homestead used to be. Yep. Well, all my homies remember how Homestead was when it was flat and it sucked. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. It was a good thing when they put in the banking. Uh, old Homestead was not very good. Need to get back on Homestead. It was basically New Hampshire. New Hampshire, disgusting. Yeah. Well, even though no, they you put know, in, some you know banking. what it was? It was. Do you remember when Vegas didn't have banking? No, but I've always hated Vegas, so I'm sure it wasn't much better. So Vegas had a little bit of banking. Vegas had like. 18 degrees it wasn't very much but there was a little bit of banking 18 is a lot IMS is 9 okay so maybe it was like 8 or maybe no maybe it's 6 why do I not know this I should know this 9 degrees on IMS 12 degrees it started at 12 it's now 20 yeah that's a big difference yeah so and I I don't remember exactly what Homestead was, but I want to say it was a similar number, somewhere there around 12 degrees. So it wasn't as flat as New Hampshire is, but it wasn't anywhere near as banked as it is now. It didn't work well. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. You can't have flat ovals. That's just not not good. (laughs) Flat paper clips at that. Yeah, it's not good. The only one that works is Martinsville. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, we do have Martinsville. Martinsville doesn't work with the current car, but it does work usually. Don't don't remind me. <laughs> Although it did for the last Martinsville race this year, so I don't know. For whatever reason. Yeah. All right. So, um, I, I think I'm done talking about F1, are you? Yeah, I think so. Um, other than uh, Lando Norris had a big scary crash that they took him to the hospital for. He has been checked and released, and as far as I've heard, no issues from that. Um, nice. So, I'll do IndyCar real quick, and then we'll okay. do the uh, NASCAR stuff. So, we'll go through uh, some the off-season stuff that's been happening as far as driver moves. IndyCar, uh, Graham Rahal's contract was up with Ray, Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan. That I hate that team name. It's such a mouthful. RLL. Anyway, then I want to say IRL. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Graham Rahal resigned with his dad's team, Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan. I don't remember how long the contract is for. I think it's four years or something ridiculous like that. But Graham Rahal's back home at the family team, as if there was any doubt that he would go somewhere else. Uh, Callum Isla and Hukos Hollinger racing mutually parted ways. I think this is deeper than it looks on the outside because Hunko signed what's the other guy's name? I don't know. The other guy that's from the same place as Hunko's. 
Um, I don't remember his name. De Francesco. No. De Francesco's Canadian. I don't know. I'm just throwing <laughs> up back marker names. Oh my god. Um, is it the Brazilian guy? Yes. Um, I know this. I don't know why I don't know this. Augustine Canapino. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so Augustine Canapino is from Brazil, I believe. No, it's not Brazil. I think it is Brazil. Is it Brazil? Pretty sure it's Brazil. Argentina. Oh, yeah, close enough. Okay, South so America. this is embarrassing. We just lost anyway, the entire South American audience. Pretty much. Augustine Canapino is from Argentina, and Junco's Hollinger Racing is also based out of Argentina. So it was very obvious that Canapino was going to get favoritism in the team, and that's fine. But there were a couple times this season where it was very obvious that they were clearly going Canapino over Ilot, even though Ilot was performing way better. And I assume Ilot took some, you know, expense to that and just didn't really want to be in that organization anymore because of that, which totally understandable. I get it. If you had the same job as somebody else and it was very obvious that you were better at your job than them and they got preferential treatment, I wouldn't want to be there either. So Ilot left Hunkos, and then Hunkos went and got Roman Grosjean. Yes, they So, <laughs> I'm interested to see how this goes, because Grosjean was really fast in a Rick Ware car, which I don't even want to talk about the Rick Ware part of IndyCar, <laughs> but he was really fast in a car that was not good, then went to Andretti and was usually really fast in a good car, just crashed all the time. Now he's going back to a not awesome car. So I think Grosjean might do better at Hunkos than he did at Andretti because he doesn't have the expectation there anymore. Okay. Which might be a little bit controversial, but also I think he's going to go head-to-head with Canopino a lot, and they're going to end up not liking each other because they both have the same driving style of... I'm going to win or I'm not and crash. Checkers so and pretty much. Um, I'm interested to see how that goes. I don't think Roman's going to be awesome this season, but it'll be interesting to see if he does comparatively to Andretti. There's just so much more of a resource base at Andretti than there is at Hunkos. Um, I believe Hunkos signed a partnership with Penske recently i believe it's not dale coin i know that i don't know they signed a thing with another team recently to get it's mclaren Hmm. Um, so they've got technical support from mclaren now which sure (laughs) i guess (laughs) so we'll see how that goes but that's mostly it for indycar this season uh i saw an article that Ed Carpenter Racing says they're still good. What? Okay. Yeah, they're like, yeah, we're we're still a good place for young drivers. We've been cultivating all these drivers, and they go on a list of names of drivers that have since left the sport because Connor they didn't Daly have fun. Otherwise, that still makes me angry. Yeah. Um, yeah, Connor Daly doesn't even have a ride for next year. Still. 
Um, so which sucks. I I, I hate feel it like he you. might go more of a NASCAR route. He's been doing more NASCAR races recently. Probably. Um, he's been doing the like Nitro Supercross thing too. Yeah, which is really weird. Um, it's like a VW Beetle that can do jumps and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> but hey, yeah, whatever I love. I love Connor Daly. I hope he can find a ride for the 500 at least. Um, I wish he could get a seat at like Andretti or something. Just yeah, that'd be so cool. But obviously, it hasn't happened. So we will see more of Connor in NASCAR than IndyCar. That sucks, yeah. but whatever. As long as he runs well, I don't care where he's at. Oh, I agree. He's an awesome person, and he's a great ambassador for whatever sport that he's racing in. Mm-hmm. It, it just sucks that he's not there anymore because he was such an identity and mm-hmm. brought so much attention to IndyCar, but Ed Carpenter sucks, so. Yes. Yes, he does. Um, the only thing I've got on IndyCar is that IndyCar finally woke up and terminated their contract with Motorsport Games after it came out that Motorsport Games had already stopped work on the IndyCar game. Um uh, I don't know why IndyCar didn't realize that MSG was going down the drain sooner, but you know what? It shouldn't surprise me because it's IndyCar. Yeah, we haven't had a console video game for IndyCar since 2005, so I'm not expecting a whole lot. I mean, it would help if there was someone in IndyCar management that knew what a video game was. It's the Atari, bro. Yeah, right? <laughs> I can just imagine controlling an indie car on that little joystick. <laughs> My Nintendo, bruh. Yeah, that's right, bruh. Release it on Switch, bruh. <laughs> they would. They would make a video game for Wii before they made it for Xbox. Yep. Uh, oh, anyway. anyway so- now I'm going to go wash my mouth out with soap after talking about IndyCar. <laughs> well, you can't yet because we got NASCAR silly season to talk about before we wrap up. Um, only thing I've got for ARCA so far is that apparently Chris Wright is going full-time for Venturini in the 15 next year with sponsorship from FNB Corporation. What is FNB? I don't know. No idea. <laughs> Never heard of it. Only FNB I've ever heard of is First National Bank, and I don't think that's it. FNB Corporation is a diversified financial services corporation based in Pittsburgh and the holding company for its largest subsidiary, First National Bank. All right. Well, there we go. Um, So so FNB stands for First National Bank, which owns First National Bank. Yes. Clear as mud. Okay. Um, Their colors are red, white, and blue, so we might get a cool paint scheme. Uh, the paint scheme has been released. It was Fun. not great. That, of course. I'll I'll send it to you afterward, or I'll throw it up on the screen now since we're talking about it. But uh, it's okay, but not one of my favorites. Um, and it's probably not going to be running near the front anyway. So um, there is that. Um, Makes sense. On to, on to trucks. Jake Garcia leaves uh, McAnally Hilgeman and moves over to Thorsport to relate to replace Haley Deegan, who is moving up to Xfinity next season. Um, I'm assuming Jake will be driving the 13 truck, but knowing Thorsport, they could throw everybody in different numbers next year. It wouldn't surprise me. So all we know so far for sure is that Jake Garcia will be in a Thorsport truck. 
Um, I don't know if that's necessarily a step up. It might be a half step up, step up. It's not a step down for sure from uh, McAnally Hilgeman, but I don't know. Um, I mean, because we saw what Eckes could do this year, and I've seen a lot of people praising Jake Garcia in how well he ran this year in his rookie season. I didn't really see it, to be honest. Like, he ran okay, but with as good as Eckes ran all season, I wanted to see more improvement throughout the season from Jake Garcia, and I don't feel like I ever really saw that. Like, I never felt like he was consistently in the top 10, whereas Eckes was consistently racing for wins. And yes, Eckes has more experience in trucks, so you should expect him to be doing better than a rookie, but at the same time... With what we saw that equipment could do, I just wanted to see more out of Jake Garcia, and I wasn't seeing it. I'm, I'll be curious to see what he does at Thor Sport, a team that we know can win and, for better or worse, won the championship this year. So um, I, <laughs> we'll see what he can do in that truck. I'll be interested to see um, if he does better or worse than he did in the 35 truck. I forget. What's Haley Deegan doing next year, Xfinity? Yes, she'll be in the 15 car for AM Racing in Xfinity. That does not sound like a good car at all. It should be teammates with Brett Moffitt. My expectations just sank. (laughs) (laughs) You don't like Brett Moffitt? I haven't seen Brett Moffitt do anything in a while. He won a truck championship a few years ago. In a while. <laughs> That's Most the last that, time I saw Brett Moffat do something. Most of that is because Hattori, the truck that he was in when he won the championship, cut him loose the offseason after winning the championship. And he's Ouch. never really been able to find a footing since then. Like, he ran for GMS for a little bit and ran well. Um, but it's really been downhill since then in terms of yeah. the equipment that he's been in. I remember some of the GMS days for Brett Moffitt, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, I've got his championship winning truck somewhere around here. Um, the uh, the other big moves that we haven't talked about yet in trucks, Matt Mills, apparently, I missed this, Matt Mills will be full-time in the 42 truck for Nice next year. That came out of left field. Yeah, I thought that was going to be SVG's truck. I did too. That's what I had heard. So I don't know what's going on with SVG now. Not a great lineup so far for Nice next year. I'm really intrigued by this. So right now we've got Bailey Curry, Matt Mills, and Lawless Allen in (laughs) Nice trucks. That's a far cry from Ross Chastain and a couple other guys. Yeah. We'll have Connor Daly a couple times, maybe. Connor Daly's been driving Nice trucks, so I don't know if that'll continue next year or not. It could. I feel like that's going to be your three full times, and then they'll have a, um, like an all star truck. All star in quotes because it's Nice, but all star being Connor Daly and SVG <laughs> and <probably>. Ross Chastain <laughs> and Carson Hosevar, maybe. Oh, um, God. Yeah. So, um, the only other move I have for truck so far is that uh, Daniel Dye is moving to McAnally Hilgeman, and he will be in the 43 truck for them. Next oh, year. no. What are we going to do without the f- Waltrip f- about Daniel Dye? 
What do you mean? Oh, he's, he's still, still going to be in there. trucks. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Whew. Yeah. The Fox broadcast was about to get so much more silent. <laughs> yeah, Michael Waltrip won't know what to do when Daniel Dye graduates oh, to Xfinity. He'll, he'll, like, beg his way into an Xfinity booth just so he can cream he's on Daniel He's done a few Dye's. Xfinity races already. Daniel Dye will be racing for 33rd, and he'll be like, Oh, my God! <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, moving on to Xfinity. Frankie Muniz, per reports, will be in an Xfinity car for uh, RSS Racing next year, Ryan Sieg's team. Don't know any other details than that so far, and it has not been officially announced by RSS, but it has been confirmed by multiple reports so far, so that does seem to be where Frankie Muniz will be landing next year. Uh, Kyle Weatherman will be full-time in the 91 for DGM next year, which... That'll be interesting to see. Uh, that's probably the best ride Kyle Weatherman has had in his career since ARCA. So, and that's that's a guy that I feel like has talent and has never really gotten the chance. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see what he can do in that car. Now, the biggest move that we've had recently, which kind of came out of left field, I wasn't expecting this, and I'm really not sure how this is going to work out, Josh Williams will be in the 11 car for Colling in 2024. That one intrigues me because everybody talks how Josh Williams is so underrated and that he's super talented and he's just never been in the right equipment. Well, now he's in the right equipment. So we'll see what he can do in this car. I feel like there's a lot of people that have no idea who Josh Williams is yet outside of him parking it at Atlanta last year. Um, to, to be fair, to this point, that's all you really needed to know. Well, true. And actually, that diecast showed up not long ago. Oh, my God. Um, if I can get the box open here. I can't believe they got the licensing for that. I know, right? <laughs> that's awesome. Right? <laughs> so I couldn't not pick this up. Honestly, before this colleague announcement was made, I thought this might be the only Josh Williams diecast ever made. Yeah. So it was going to be a cool piece, and now he's in a fast car, and we'll see what he can do in that fast car. Um, I'm I'm genuinely interested, because I know a lot of people talk about how um, he's underrated and that he's got a lot of talent. He's just not been in the right equipment. So I'm I, I genuinely want to see what happens here, because... Um, I want him to do well. He seems like a really good dude. Um, it'll it'll be interesting to see what he can do in that 11 car. Yeah, I'm definitely interested for it. I, this is a great opportunity for Josh Williams, obviously. If he's going to prove himself, it has to be now. It has to be this year with this car, with this team. And I, I guess now the full-time colleague Xfinity lineup is going to be Josh Williams and A.J. Allmendinger. Um so he's got somebody good to learn from, and I guess we'll see how he can do. Yeah, I don't... I guess it'll have to be Almondinger because he's not going back cup racing next year, So, but that hasn't yeah, they, been they already, confirmed. They already dropped that. Did they? I hadn't yeah, seen that. They posted about it on Instagram or something earlier I mean, this I, week. I know it's been talked about that he will be back at colleague but i didn't think it was confirmed where at colleague yeah he's i'm 99 percent sure he's back full-time in xfinity okay 
Um, the other nugget for Xfinity is Brendan Poole will be full-time in the 44 car for Alpha Prime next year as well. Where was Brendan Poole this year? I don't think he was full-time in anything. I think he bounced around with a bunch of back markers in okay. Cup and Xfinity, and I think a little bit of truck, too. Okay. Um, moving on to the Cup Series. I don't know if we've talked about this yet or not, but apparently the leading candidate for... The 10 car at Stuart Haas is Noah Gregson. Yeah. Yeah. How? I I don't know. (laughs) That's my only question is how? Why? I I, I, I don't know. Do they really have that few of options that he's their best choice? I, I, I can't believe that Ford didn't let Tony Stewart jump the trigger on Kyle Larson, but they'll bring in Noah Gregson? Yeah. This seems I, like they're just like clutching at strings to find somebody that has some sort of experience in any form of four-wheeled racing just mm-hmm. to have something. Um Yeah. I don't see this going well at all. I don't either. Um I, I he ran extremely poorly in that legacy motor club car before he got kicked out this year. Now, granted, Eric Jones wasn't running great either, but Eric Jones was consistently outrunning him as well. Yeah, like er- Eric long. Jones got better throughout the season too. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I think Stuart Haas might've been better off just not running the fourth cup car this year. Yeah. Which and they still might not. I don't see because I had heard for a while that they were going to scale down to two cars. I don't know what happened to that. Um, but I guess as far as I'm aware, the 41 is still going to be around as well with Ryan Priest. Um, yeah, I guess that has been confirmed that Priest is back for 24. So um, the 41 still around. The 14 is definitely around with Briscoe. The four is definitely around with Barry. So I didn't. I, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like, especially because it's not like Gregson brings sponsorship Mm-mm. and they're losing the sponsorship from the 10 car with Eric Almarola leaving. They won't have Smithfield back. So I just, I don't see why there's any reason to put Noah Gregson in that car. Just don't run it. Focus on the other three cars and build your team back up to where it was. I, it just yeah. it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Three cars or even two cars, really, with Josh Berry and uh Chase Briscoe. I don't yeah. I don't see that you need Ryan Priest there. I mean Well I don't I, either, but that has been confirmed one hundred percent that he is back. And I know Tony Stewart really likes Ryan Priest and I think Ryan Priest is better than we give him credit for too, but it's not enough to build an enterprise on to me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. No. They, they've got a whole lot of work to do, and losing Kevin Harvick is, I think, going to sting a lot more than they realize. What I hope, this feels like... Um, this feels like you, Roush to me. Well, it kind of feels like Roush, but it also... Well, it could be one of two things. This could be Roush, and they go down the drain for a long time, or this could be Hendrick a few years ago, after Jimmy leaves, after Gordon leaves, after Junior leaves, and you're left with a bunch of young guys, and you have to build the team back up. And, I mean, look where Hendrick is now. 
Um, see, here's the problem. I don't see any of the drivers that they have being anywhere close to Alex Bowman, William Byron, and Chase Elliott. I can't believe you put Chase Elliott in that same conversation. I can't believe it either. Uh, no, I, I, I agree though. Um, I think Briscoe could be. And Briscoe, I, I do think, is better than we give him. Well, not than we give him credit for. We know he's good. He's just not in a good car anymore. And Kevin Harvick's the only one that was showing it. Well, see, here's the other thing too. I think Barry could be on that level too. So you've got two guys in there that legitimately could be on that level as long as they have the equipment underneath them. I'm I'm still 50-50 on Ryan Priest. I don't know if he's good enough that we could call him on that level yet. Gregson, I I truly believe, is not on that level and will never be on that level. I'm um, torn on Josh Berry. Yeah? I didn't see a whole lot from him that impressed me this year. I didn't see as much this year. Last year was where he really shined to me. And I think last year he was trying harder to be more impressive last year. I think... I have a feeling most of this year he's had the Stuart Haas deal lined out, so he didn't have to try as hard. He didn't have to be as impressive. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I don't like it when people do that where they know they've got something better coming up, so they give up. Um, I mean, he I, didn't give up. He made it I, to the, the round of eight in the playoffs. Won a couple I, of races. I think he won a couple of races, didn't he? I don't think he did. No, I think you're right. He never did win this year, did he? No. Um, da, 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 da. Maybe if I can get the app to work. No, he never did win. But ele- 11 top fives. So a third of the season he was in the top five. So he ran consistently, just never won races. Still no wins, and the fact that he didn't even make the championship four kind of jumps out at me. I'm not super impressed. Uh, I don't know. I, he might be better than I'm giving him credit for as a driver. I think he is. There's but a, there's a reason d- Junior has been so high on him for a long time and wanted him to have an opportunity. No, I get that. I just I don't think it's fair to expect very much of him in a cup team that hasn't been performing very well to try to get him to go over there and try to turn the ship around. I don't think that's going to happen at all. No, you're probably right. It's probably not. But um we can hope. <laughs> I have a feeling we're going to see a similar thing to Ryan Priest, where a lot of people think he's good, but it it's just not working out. Yeah, I could see that. Um, so moving on from Stuart Haas, um, the colleague lineup for next year has been confirmed, and it's a little weird as well. What is this? Um, I don't think I've seen this for Cup yet. Multiple sources have confirmed that Ty Dillon will be in the 16 car for Colleg, as well as Daniel Hemrick will return to the Cup Series in the 31 car. Hmm. Justin Haley just out altogether from NASCAR? He's going to Rick Ware. That was announced a while ago. Oh, it's Rick Ware, so it's just the endless abyss of I don't care. Well, <laughs> so and I don't remember if we talked about this on the podcast or not. My... My theory with why he's going to Rick Ware, they have an alliance with RFK now. Um, Yeah. So I'm wondering if this isn't a strategy move to where he is supposed to be Keselowski's successor 
whenever Brad hangs up the helmet. That's a good point. I, I could see that. Yeah. I think Justin Haley's a lot better than he's shown in that colleague cup car. Oh, he is. Absolutely. Um, I, I mean, really, it's both colleague drivers the past year or so, other than AJ Allmendinger getting his occasional really good race at a road course, they haven't been very impressive at all. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, Allmendinger, honestly, I would say has had his best years in that colleague car, or at least his best cup years. Definitely oh, his yeah. best Xfinity years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, their Xfinity program has been pretty good, other than the fact that Daniel Hemrick is insanely overrated. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see that going very well in Cup again. <laughs> no, I agree. I don't think Colleague is much better than what RCR was when Hemrick was at RCR. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't, I don't see that that's anything other than a lateral or retracting move at all. Yeah. Um, Ty Dillon's interesting. I, I kind of want Ty Dillon to do well just because he's not Austin Dillon. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ty Dillon's gotten bounced around a lot, and I, I think he's, he's okay. I don't think he's gonna win a whole bunch of races, but. I think he's good enough for the occasional top 10, maybe like 15, 20th around there, which is about what they've had with Haley and Almendinger recently. So, okay, I guess. Yeah. You just don't have that Almendinger effect of doing really well on a random road course. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I see him being consistently around 20th most of the time, 20th, 25th. Maybe with the occasional top 15, maybe a top 10, especially on plate tracks. Um, yeah. Or, sorry, super speedways or drafting tracks or whatever the oh, hell we're Jesus calling them Christ. now. Um, plate tracks. Yeah. So that's, I don't see him doing fantastic. Honestly, I see Hemrick running better than him on a regular basis, but I don't see either one of them being super competitive most of the time. Yeah. This isn't anything to move their program forward at all. Yeah. You got two guys that haven't done a whole bunch in Cup, and then they're supposed to be able to get all the team data and everything. That this isn't going to work out. No, probably not. Um, Spire Motorsports moves as well. Um, this has been out for a little bit, but I don't think we've talked about it. Carson Hosevar will be full time in the seventy-seven next year for Spire, and Zane Smith. It has been announced he will be in the seventy-one in his Trackhouse slash Spire entry. Um, other than that, I think that's all I've got for the cup series. Other than now that live fast has sold their charter, they are going to be downsizing and only running the super speedways. They will continue to live slow. That's right. (laughs) All right. Well, no predictions this time. So I think that's it. Yeah. Unless we want to predict Abu Dhabi, Max Verstappen. Damn it. Well, (laughs) (laughs) Burned uh, Maylander. <laughs> yeah. Who? The safety car driver. Oh. <laughs> um, who's the guy that runs the FRA? Brody Madoff? I don't know. I don't think that's right. I feel like that was somebody from like some pyramid scheme that scammed people. <laughs> okay. Bernie Ecclestone. That's it. Uh, he's not there anymore. Who the hell runs the FIA then? Uh, it's some Domenicali, it's some Italian dude. It's really not Bernie Ecclestone anymore? It hasn't been Bernie for like four or five years. Really? 
Yeah. Mohammed bin. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. <laughs> Mohammed. So they just named him Jesus, but complicated. Basically. Uh, okay. So, yeah, he's going to win. Okay. Yes. Sure. But uh, I think that's it. So we might be back next week. We might not. I don't know. Um, next time we've got things to talk about in the off season, we'll be back. Um, I'm sure we'll start picking things up more frequently in January as the season gets closer and we have uh, preseason things to talk about, but we'll continue to keep you in the loop with um, off season, silly season things and anything that we might want to talk about. Uh, it might be pertinent to uh, hop on next week, even for a shorter episode, just to talk about Abu Dhabi. So um, we'll see we'll what see. we can do with, with, with that. Uh, I know with it being, Holiday time here in the U.S. with Thanksgiving uh, might be a little tough to get that scheduled, but um, we will do what we can for you um, in the coming weeks. So I think that's about it. Any final words you want to uh, to say before we wrap up here, Tyler? Racing is almost gone for 2023. Okay. Way to be depressing. Um <laughs> So, um, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. If you are, uh, in the U S and you celebrate that, if not, just have a great week and, uh, we will hopefully see you next week. Same time, same place. I'm Garth. That's Tyler. This is the rookie stripes podcast on racing news. Now. <laughs>